You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi, my name is Tina Goff. I'm the vice captain of the Germany women's cricket team, and you're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Um, Tina, I thought we'd talk about the growth and development of women's cricket in, within Germany in terms of getting women's cricket into local communities, clubs, schools, and grassroots, et cetera. And Tina, this is one of the challenges that many associate nations have is how they introduce women's cricket um, and promote it. That's easier said than done. It's often a very difficult job. Um, And it's the same with growing the game more broadly as well, not just women's cricket, but men's cricket as well. Um, So, you know, many associate cricket boards or associations ask themselves these questions. You know, how does the German Cricket Federation try to introduce women's cricket in the community? How do you establish grassroots cricket, local clubs, uh, women's teams as well in local communities, Uh, competitions, pathway systems, underage comps, et cetera. Having facilities like nets, grounds available for people to access in their areas, that's often a big one. Because um, you don't have an access to to any nets or any pitches or turf pitches because they're all artificial astroturf or played on football grounds. Uh, they're not circular; they're rectangular. So, you know, you know, all that stuff. So, so how do you try and um, get facilities accessible to people in those areas in the community? Um, and making, yeah, sorry, you were going to say something. It, yeah, I was just going to say, it's definitely an uphill battle. Um, the one thing that we do have in our favour in Germany is that we have access to a lot of sports halls. Yeah. So be- because um, often hockey is played inside tennis, football, um, basketball, all the indoor sports are quite uh, well known and popular in Germany, which means we do have access to sports halls. And that's the way that we try to get in in Germany is through playing indoor cricket. Because as you said, we don't have the outdoor facilities. We don't have the nets. We don't have, we, I think we have maybe in Hamburg, which is the second biggest city in Germany, we have about three or four AstroTurf pitches. Um, the local one, which is just down the road from me, is a former hockey pitch. So it's about the size of half a hockey pitch. So I think the boundaries to one side are about 30 metres. Um, but we still play cricket there. Uh, so you kind of make do with what you have. But in terms of how you get women into cricket is we are trying to get into the schools because I think that's that's how you start is you get into schools, young girls who otherwise would probably just turn to football or tennis or hockey because there's 20 clubs probably within a five-mile radius for them to play in and they don't have to think about it. They just go and play with another 50 girls who are also playing hockey. How do you then persuade these girls to play cricket when, first and foremost, they probably don't even know what cricket is? None of their friends are playing cricket. You have to travel maybe, well, if you get to the national team level, you have to travel five, six hours to train. It's a tough sell <laughs> and there's no getting there's no getting around that. Um But what we try to do is just get into the schools and get them at a young age, just hitting a ball. I mean, that's I think the most important bit is how you actually teach cricket to beginners. 
because if you start with you know there's 10 ways of getting out and this is an lbw and this is this is how you catch and don't catch this way and you can't hit it like that and you can't hit it like that suddenly a, a yeah. you know six-year-old to ten-year-old is completely lost interest and just is kicking a ball somewhere else but if you just go in and you have a group of 20 especially girls because if you have them from the ages of about six to, to 12 um, they can more or less compete with the boys at that level because they're kind of the same height, the same strength before the boys then hit puberty and kind of race away from them. You get them in a group, it can be a mixed group and just get them hitting a ball and throwing a ball. And that's all, that's the starting point. Suddenly they get this feeling for, okay, it's great when I hit the ball and I want to hit it further. And it's a success then when you hit the ball and you can run. And that's how you really start it. You don't start at the, you know, complicated level of what is cricket and, the theoretical parts of it because that's enough to bore anyone I think unless you're real cricket badgers like we are yeah um but just starting with like this is cricket is about hitting a ball and throwing a ball and the amount of times we've gone into schools and done that and suddenly the the kids and the girls are really engaged in what you're doing and they want to to keep playing because they want to get better because as you you touched upon as well Germany as a as a country is very uh into its sport it's competitive it wants to do well it's um got naturally sporty people girls and boys and if you get them playing the sport on its basic level of hitting and throwing then you really kind of get that passion from an early age and that's that's what we've seen with some of the players in the national team the ones who have learned cricket in Germany they almost always say yeah I had a teacher who taught me how to play cricket and that teacher might be from the UK or from Australia but it's always that initial passion that initial spark which then gets them coming back and that's what we need to keep doing we need to keep going into schools into the sports halls and just get them playing and then hopefully from that it will snowball yeah hopefully um and that's always the same answer i get from many people when i've talked to them about this from the many people i've interviewed on associate cricket they always say that get it into the schools from a young age and teach the youngsters how to play the play the game um which is easier said than done, as you mentioned. So it is a hard sell when you're trying to sell a foreign sport in a country that doesn't know that it even exists. Um, so that, that's the biggest challenge that many associate nations have. Um, do you think um, what the uh, German Cricket Federation are doing now, do you think they're doing enough or can they do a bit more to... to establish programs and help out a bit more in the community do you think they're doing a good job at the moment or they can do a better job i think we can always do a better job as a as a country as a federation um we've been so fortunate that cricket has boomed so much in the recent years as i mentioned because uh primarily because of the refugees who have come over who want to play cricket and as a result i think we've gone from I don't know how, how many clubs, a handful of clubs, so I think over 100, 150 clubs in Germany. Um, but because of the nature of it, a lot of those clubs are male dominated and many of, most of them don't have women's cricket clubs because they just have so many men. And it's amazing that all of these guys want to play cricket. And it's, of course, important that they have the, the, the structure to do that. But it means that there's actually no sustainability coming from the women's side. Yeah. Um, so I think we can always do more to foster the women's side of the game, uh, whether that be, you know, incentives for the men's clubs to, to start growing a women's team, whether that be more, um, you know, 
coaches available to go into schools I think you do have to start early and the fact that everyone who you've spoken to has said the same thing shows that maybe that is the key to success but it's about having the people with the cricket know-how to actually go into the schools because as as I just mentioned anyone can go into into a school and just you know read out the laws of cricket and you you won't have anyone who wants to carry on but if you have you know engaged teachers or engaged coaches who go in and really inspire that passion within the kids then that's how you, you grow cricket and I think there there's definitely room for you know improving even more with how we engage with German schools um, because actually German schools generally are receptive to it if you go to a school and say will entertain your children for three hours for free and they'll be tired by the end of it, then generally most schools are like, that's great, when can you start? Um, so it's about kind of building up first and foremost the network of people who are able to do that within the schools uh, and then teaching the teachers as well because it doesn't take too much to teach, for example, a German teacher how to, to run a cricket session because they don't need to know the intricacies of it, they just need to know how to set up a few plastic stumps and whacking balls off tees, whatever it might be. So I think, yeah, we've got to start from a level of spreading knowledge to the teachers and to the educators, and then they can hopefully go into their respective schools and to spread it there. So it's not an easy task. Of course, it's easy for me to sit here and say this is exactly what we need to do and why aren't we doing it? But I know it's much more nuanced than that. There's budget that comes into it. There's finding the people in the first place to to be able to to deliver these kind of skills and sessions. So that's where we need to get to. And we as a national team, a lot of us are also coaches within our communities. And we're also coaching other coaches to, to run sessions. So we're doing our bit as the national team to, to try and grow the game, especially for women's, women and girls. Absolutely. Um, do you see an increased number in girls participating in cricket? Yeah, definitely. So um, for the first time last year, we had an under 15 uh, national team so that was because of how young they are as well they're mostly or quite a lot of them are players who grew up playing cricket or grew up in Germany and have learned cricket within Germany because at that age they might have for example a parent who comes from a cricket playing country um, but they're still young and they're going to school here and they're playing cricket here so the fact that we were able to set up that uh, national team which was um coached by Anu, our captain, and Steffi, another, our ex-captain, another one of the national team players, um, shows the growth of the sport, but it also shows the commitment of the national team players themselves to keep growing it. It's, it would be very easy for everyone in the national team to kind of say, you know, I've made it, I'm, I'm at the top, and well done me, but no one is saying that. Everyone is like, okay, well, we're here. How can we make sure that the next generation are also going to come up and, you know, grow the game even further? So, we definitely take on that responsibility as kind of role models, but also, you know, the social responsibility to make sure it doesn't just stop with us, but that it keeps growing year after year. And um, the next generation coming through has uh, hopefully even better opportunities than what we had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's fantastic to hear. And do the uh, players of the national teams, women's and men's, get involved in these school clinics and programs? Do they go to their local communities and try and promote and spruik the game that way yeah so the, the the female players definitely do I think probably more than half of us have coaching qualifications either level one or level two and um there's a couple of us so Anu is on her level three there's I think she's maybe one of I think she's the first she's definitely the first woman in Germany to get it and I think she's only one of two or three who have the level three co uh, course at all in Germany um 
so yeah, there's a lot of us who are going into local schools with the help of the DCB and with the help of coaches, um, because we we really take that role as you know being a role model seriously because we know that it's not just it's there's no point doing all this work and getting to the to you know the national team level if we just stop here because we want it to be sustainable and to do that we do go into the schools and on our social media you can see quite often we're all of our all of the players are going in as coaches but also as you know role model players and I think that's how you inspire the next generation because you want as a kid I know it was for me the same that you want to see people who you can aspire to be it's great having you know male coaches who have maybe done everything in the game and seen it all and they can provide knowledge and expertise but if you see a female player or coach who's gone on basically the exact same journey that you want to go on I think that's very inspiring and that's the role that we're trying to take on as a national team yeah that's fantastic to hear it's good to see that player involvement as well giving back to uh, the game and their communities and wanting to help cricket along which is fantastic uh, do you ever see women's cricket becoming the number one women's sport in Germany? Do you ever see that happening? I think that's a dream. I, I don't know if it's a realistic one, simply because of how strong other women's sports are in the country. Of course, we all have to start somewhere. And actually, a lot of the, the cricket, uh, a lot of the football clubs in Germany actually started as cricket clubs. Um, back at the end of the 19th century, a lot of them, because of before the wars, there was a, a lot of British um, people living in Germany. A lot of them started as cricket clubs and then transformed into football clubs. So if we can transform them back into cricket clubs, then I think we'll be in, a, in good shape. But um, I mean, we always want to be the biggest that we can be. I don't think we should compare ourselves to sports like, first and foremost, football in Germany, but also tennis and hockey, because they're just on another level of kind of tradition and funding and uh, passion um, so I think comparing yourselves to those sports is always just gonna leave you feeling a bit uh, depressed but I think we just want to be as strong as we can be within the country and there's what 80 million people in Germany so there's plenty of sports to go around and if we can just grow to the strongest we can be within the country I think that will already be a massive success um, and yeah, I think that's what we're all fighting for in Germany. We we all love the game. We we wouldn't be we wouldn't be pushing it so hard and committing so much time and money and effort if we didn't believe in the game and really love it. Um, so I think as long as you have these kind of passionate people in the country, then you're always going to try and push it and see how far you can take it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you dare to dream um, and see what happens in the years to come, whether or not. It will be a success or, you know, it will get a bit of popularity. Uh, but if it gets some traction and then people get behind it, it's, like, it's not a bad sport, cricket. It's not bad. You know, I want my children playing it, the boys and girls. That's fantastic. So I suppose, you know, everyone starts from somewhere. As you said, uh, many associate nations are in the same boat. Um, but, you know, a lot of them are doing some good work in terms of promoting a sport that is so foreign to the natural to the uh, to the nation and its culture. But I suppose every country in the world does have a connection to cricket in some little way, going way back to history. As you mentioned, the football clubs in Germany, obviously because of the Second World War, of course, a lot of British there, um, and uh, all that 
stuff with history and that, you know, cricket does find its way into these associate countries and, you know, it does have a, a place in those countries, but you just need to open that sort of door and, and see what it can do because it can change people's lives, um, cricket and sport, especially in countries that are disadvantaged, poverty, poor. Um, I spoke to Craig White from Mexico and he told me a story about kids playing this street ball cricket competition in Mexico and they played in a World Cup in India when the Men's World Cup was on at the same time. And he said those kids never left Mexico uh, ever in their life up until that trip. So it does change people's lives, cricket. And if people can, you know, see that and put the money and time and investment into it, it can open a bunch of doors uh, for many things, um, you know, for, for, for many things um, that it can bring. Cricket can bring a lot and uh, can definitely have an impact on any country and in, in their societies. So um, it's good to, to hear that um, it, the game is growing in some way in Germany. Obviously, there's a long way to go, of course, money and funding. You, know, you always hear that from all the associate nations in terms of the ICC could do better, and they can, because uh, they're not really doing that at the moment. They, they can do more to help out these countries. But um, it's good to hear that women's cricket's growing. It's good to hear that, um, you know, the national teams are involved as well. It's good to hear that people higher up um, within the federation in Germany are committed as well. And I think you need passionate people uh, on your side and on your team to get these things done. So um, it, it was good to hear your insights on how the game's growing and developing more broadly, but also women's cricket. It's good to see that number increase and hope it may increase in the years to come. Um, and we get more female cricketers playing in Germany and obviously taking over from the old guard like yourself. Uh, yeah, you, you need not that old. <laughs> Sorry? Not that old. You're not that old. You're only 30. <laughs> but, uh, you know, eventually when you retire, you need but, someone else to to um, replace you. So, and so that's good just, to see. just on that, I just thought of another story that's it's really interesting that you say how cricket can kind of evolve and change lives and it's just from such oh. a small seed that sometimes these huge kind of flowers grow that um one example is there's a small village in north germany so north of hamburg it's on the sea it's a beautiful little place and one guy from new zealand called gareth he just went there i think for, for love and he decided to try and make a cricket team there but he didn't really get much traction with the men's side but he got a load of the the women from the village and the local areas who just wanted to play cricket so from that Damtag and then became like a women's cricket team they never have, they've never had a, a men's team this tiny little village in north germany has just got a women's team and they even had a grass pitch they got somehow i don't even know how they got a roller so they could actually roll the grass pitch and it was just this small community of women who just came together one of the one of the players is also like the the mayor of the the village and it was just this tiny community and two of the players selena and antonia they made it all the way up to the national team. So they've played cricket for Germany, having just started because one Kiwi wanted to play cricket in his local village in Germany. And Antonia, this year, actually, she's doing uh, a year abroad and she's in New Zealand. So she's also someone, I think, 
before um, getting involved with cricket. She'd never really travelled. She'd never really left Germany. And now she's doing a year abroad playing cricket in Wellington as a result of just one guy coming to her village and talking about cricket. So it's amazing how um, these kind of things just develop from such a small start. And that's the kind of things you need if you have a Damshagen 20 times over in Germany, then suddenly you have like a huge community of, of female cricketers. So somehow it's these, sometimes it's these tiny little, you know, twists of fate or whatever it might be. Me sending a tweet about cricket Germany, uh, these things kind of, life has a weird way of playing out. So it's yeah. really cool. These kind of stories that you have, especially in associate cricket, where it's not always just, you know, I joined an academy from the age of 11 and now I'm playing professional cricket. It's more like, okay, these are some wild stories about how we've all come to where we are today. And I think and that's why it's great that I get a chance to talk to you as well to to kind of talk about some of these stories because they otherwise would not be we would not be told. And I think they're so such amazing stories of people and cricket and how uh, it kind of brings people together. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And some of the stories I've heard from the people that we've spoken to in this series on associate cricket, um, you can only imagine. Uh, these stories and you think oh that may not be real but it is real yeah like I, I spoke uh with um people from Estonia right and they told me a story about a hippodrome which is like a racetrack in Estonia um and you know I, I think they had a hippo or something came in and stopped play in the game of cricket or something like that you know so you hear weird stories like that which just make you laugh. Um, but in associate cricket, you hear a lot of weird stories. They're often great endings and outcomes, like the story you just shared about that small village in the north of Germany and then someone playing for the national team and played in New Zealand and at the moment to progress in their cricket career. It's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, no, it's been, it's been great hearing those stories and, and what people share to me. So I feel very grateful for that. And it's the same with you today about your journey as well. And you learn so much because there's more to cricket than the full members. You know, there's right. 96 associate countries out there that play cricket and there's a lot of stories to tell. So it's just fantastic. And that's that's what cricket can do. So, um, and I think many people will feel the same as well when it comes to that, just hearing these stories and tales of fantasy or fairy tale uh, but they always have a great ending and, and it's a great outcome and changes people's lives as we've discussed. But it was good to get your insights on the growth and development on the game in Germany across the board and also women's cricket as well, Tina. So it was great to hear your thoughts on that. And I'm sure a lot of people would have learned a lot more about how the game's tracking in Germany with the growth and development side. So that, that was fantastic to hear. Um, Tina, I thought we'd talk about women's associate cricket and women's cricket more broadly in general. Um, and it's come on leaps and bounds over the years, women's associate cricket. There's a lot more teams now. There's a lot more players who want to play in the female game. And also in women's cricket across the board, the game has uh, become very popular amongst all full member nations as well. And many young girls are taking up the game all over the world, which is fantastic to see. Uh, being inspired by their idols and uh, their role models and many people watching women's cricket as well. You know, the women's T20 World Cup final in 2020, Australia and India at the MCG, that's a big stadium, 86,000 
174 watched the final out of 100,000 capacity, which is a testament to people that they care about women's cricket and they want to be a part of this journey, like with any other women's sport across the board as well. But in, but in women's cricket, it's fantastic to see that support from the cricket fans in the public. And we are seeing very talented and skilled players in the women's game, you know, very talented cricketers who can play and who can achieve great things. Um, also, T20 leagues are popping up now, franchises like the Women's Big Bash, the Women's Premier League, which will start very shortly. Uh, the Women's 100 over in England are giving opportunities to female players from full and associate countries to travel the world and showcase their skills, but also uh, get paid as well and earn some money. And, and um, that's a game changer as well in terms of that. Um, getting paid for playing a sport that you love. Um, and also you can add Fairbank to that as well, Tina, and you've participated in Fairbank in the first two years of the tournament. And basically, for those who don't know, Fairbank is a T20 franchise tournament which has 90 female players participate from all over the world, some of the best players in the women's game as well. And, Tina, you played for a team called the Falcons in, in Fairbank, and you played... Uh, with players like Susie Bates from New Zealand, Marisan Cap, as we spoke about, from South Africa, and Danny White from England. And you made it to the finals in both years, but you fell short at the last hurdle, which is agonising to hear that. But good consistency, I suppose. You know, we got a good team, made it to the finals in both years, and we fell short. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed for, for this edition that's coming up uh, with Fairbank. Um, but also, Tina, there's a lot of challenges still in the women's game and you will admit that as well. Many barriers. Um, you know, there's still the stigma towards women's cricket, women's sport in general, uh, trying to grow and develop women's cricket in associate countries, as we discussed before. Investing in women's cricket, female associate players are walking away because they don't have security. They don't have contracts. They have to do other jobs, and they often don't come back to the game, which is a shame. Um, so, Tina, since you started playing cricket, what have been the big changes in women's cricket from when you started until now? And what are the areas that need to be improved in women's cricket? Yeah, I think one of the, the main changes that I've experienced is definitely the, the move towards professionalism. So as you mentioned, you've got the, the WIPL, you've got Big Bash, the 100, Fair Break, like all of these tournaments suddenly have players being paid um, for doing their to doing their job and showing their skills. And that's such a, an important step. And of course, money, as we've said before, is not why people play cricket in the first place, but it's such a incredibly exciting opportunity for people to be able to devote their lives to doing what they want to do, which is play cricket and not have to make this choice. Like you said about, do I continue playing cricket, which is my passion or do I have to stop because I need to earn a living? I need to make money. Um, so the fewer female cricketers that have to make this choice, I think the better. So um, that's a huge step that I've noticed in the you know, 20 or 15 years that I've been involved in cricket on an organised level. Um, I think there still needs to be steps to make this more available to more people. So um, as we've spoken about, the, the sacrifices and the commitment shown by associate players is so incredible um but more and more have to or increasingly they have to at some points call it a day just because it's not sustainable 
on this level to to play cricket and not earn money and have to you know at some point look after families and provide for for family um so investing more money into the game as a whole uh cricket is not a poor sport generally if you see the money that is um thrown about on certain levels i think investing more of this into the female side to allow it to become a sustainable career for more people is certainly uh, an important step and also investing in the grassroots as we kind of touched upon that um making cricket more accessible to girls of all ages of all levels all abilities um because as we've said many times now cricket should be about fun so getting more people playing a game that is such an amazing game for community for you know social skills for integration um regardless of the whole professional side of things i think that's really important i think that's where we can still invest an enormous amount uh of resources of money of of time uh and i think that should be a collective effort from you know cricket boards throughout the world to to invest in this because we've seen through things like the 100 the big bash as you said the world cup final that if you do invest in these people you invest in the stories then you see the outcomes we've always had talented female cricketers across the world they haven't just started appearing in the last 10 years uh, but it's giving them the platform to showcase their ability and also giving them the opportunity to do it as a job to really invest in their talent uh, i think that's really significant and that's something we can definitely do better as a whole you know world of cricket definitely i couldn't agree more um you know we can always do better in both the women's game and the men's game as well the icc can do better as well and a lot of people are not happy with their performance at the moment uh, when it comes to governing the game um they speak a lot of words, but there's no action. Actions speak louder than words, and we need more action from the ICC. To me, it seems like a disorganized family. You're arguing what you're going to have for dinner tonight. <laughs> you know, it's that sort of thing. You know, oh, I want this, I want that. Um, but you need to work together as a collective and strong leadership as well. We need leaders to say yes and leaders to say no. Um, I think there's a lot of yes saying to different things that are outside of the game. Let's just say that. And not a lot of people saying, no, let's not do this. Let's do this. Let's put money into associate cricket. Let's put money into women's cricket in programs and, and all that as well. Um, as a female creator, do, do you ever get frustrated when you hear comments from people that say, oh, women's cricket, you know, all these stuff that people toss around in social media and all that? Um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of that heard those comments do you ever get frustrated or you just say oh that's just the way it is um i can let it affect me or just ignore it uh probably they're not seeing what the potential of women's cricket can be so just talk us through about that you know dealing with those comments and dealing with the hate is what i'm trying to say yeah it's it's definitely frustrating and you do need to develop a, a thick skin um Obviously, we, as you know, the German national team have a, have it on quite a, a low level if you compare it to some of the the top female cricketers who have scrutiny on all parts of their their life and the comments that you see, both positive and negative, are quite, you know, extreme. Um, the frustrating thing is that it's all your gender is kind of always used as as an excuse. So if you just use the example of a male cricketer 
dropping a catch, an easy catch, people laugh at them and it's funny and, you know, we don't mind it if it's your if it's you know if as an English fan an Australian drops a catch, you love it at the time. But you also you know he's a great player and he's got to where he's been where he is because he's an amazing cricketer and we're all human and we can drop catches and it happens. It's part of the game. But as soon as a female cricketer drops a catch, everyone's then criticising her because she's a woman and she can't play cricket and she's rubbish and this that and the other and it's just it's frustrating then that she's apparently not good because she's a female cricketer rather than just you know we're all human and everyone can drop catches at one point or another and that's the frustrating part and I think the other side of that coin though as well is that it has got significantly better because of the exposure that these players have had in the last couple of years Um, be it the World Cup final or at the 100 in the UK they have a good initiative where you have double headers where the men and women usually the women play first and the men play afterwards um, so you already get quite a big crowd in for the women's game. And it's some, still sometimes frustrating when people are surprised that the standard is good. But fine, if they if their expectations were low and they've kind of their expectations have been exceeded and they actually think now oh, th- these people are talented, then that's great. At least they come away from that with the right impression of women's cricket. You at least need to show the game in the first place so that people's you know wrong expectations might then be changed. Um, at some point I think it will no longer then be a surprise to people so especially the the kids growing up nowadays you often see you know videos going viral of kids saying that you know boys saying that their favorite cricketer is Meg Lanning or you know Heather Knight or whoever it might be and that's just that should just become normal it shouldn't be like such a split between men and women it should just be you have role models because they play good cricket it doesn't matter if they're playing a men's game or a women's game and I think that's the beauty of cricket as well, is that it's not just about speed and power. It's about the skills that you you show as a cricketer and the catches you make. And um, that's the beauty of cricket, I think, above some other sports where it is purely, you know, power based and speed based. Cricket is so much more than that. And that's why, for example, on, you know, every Sunday in England and Australia, you see old people playing with young people. You see women playing with men you see everyone in the same team and that's the beauty of the game that you can just mix abilities and mix any kind of background together and it works um so I think that's something that should really be celebrated as cricket uh, for cricket as a sport and yeah continue to celebrate women's cricket and you know not be surprised that they're actually seriously talented because it's something it feels like it was kind of a well-kept secret somehow that women can play cricket but hopefully um, going forward, it won't be too much of a secret anymore. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And it's still a game of cricket. Nothing's changed. It's right. still 22 <laughs> yards. There's two stumps at both ends. Um, there's a batter, there's a bowler, there's a keeper. Uh, you know, tactics are the same, different. Some aspects are different when it comes to boundary sizes, the, the size of the ball, the playing conditions, but it's still a game of cricket, you know. Um so it is a, you know, women have been playing cricket for over 100 years, you know, for a very long time in the history of the game. So it's not a new thing that women are playing cricket, but it's, you know, uh, cricket's all about inclusion. It's about including people, not excluding them. Uh, it's about making everyone feel welcome and enjoy a game that's, that's uh, a great game. You know, you can, anyone can play cricket. Um, male or female, or you have a disability as well, you can play cricket. Um, so it's an it's an inclusion 
part that cricket has. And of all cultures as well, people from all backgrounds play cricket. So it's fantastic to see that. Um, any What would you say to someone who may be listening and may not be keen on women's cricket that much, but they're a bit curious, they want to learn more? What would you say to those people who aren't keen but want to learn more about it? I think just go in, it's kind of the same advice I have for everything, but just go in open-minded and don't, I think the worst thing you can do is go in and try to compare. I think they they say comparison is the thief of joy. Like if you're going in being like, oh, well, the men can bowl 90 miles an hour, 80 miles an hour, and the women are only bowling 70. You're like, okay, well, why is speed or why is being the quickest and hitting it the furthest actually something to be, you know, achieved? You can yeah. see the skill of the women in the way, actually more so than the men on in certain aspects. So as a man, if you're a male batter, you know you can kind of just hit a six because you're you're strong, you're six foot two, and you can hit the ball far. And if you don't have that, those attributes as a, a female batter, then you actually have to think far more. Okay, how can I manipulate the field? How can I put the ball in the gaps where how can I put the bowler off her length and things like that? So there's actually far more in some cases nuance in the women's game than there might be in the men's game where at any point you can just smack the ball 90 meters if you need to um so i think it's definitely don't compare it to men's cricket see it as a game and a skill and talent in itself um and just admire the the players for for their talent and their commitment to to their to their sport you know in the same way that anyone who gets to that top level in the world it should be something that should be admired and you can really hold these people up as, as role models for how they've managed to get to where they are. Um, so I think seeing it as a game in itself is very important and just also seeing them as inspirations. If you have, you know, sisters or daughters or mothers, even like these are the kind of people that you can look up to nowadays, the role models that you might not have had 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, you can see that these people are similar to us, you know, they can make it. And it's these inspiring stories, I think, that really can uh, push on the next generation, even if it doesn't mean, you know, you don't want to be the best in the world, but you might just want to play cricket with your friends on a Sunday. And that's just as rewarding as, you know, really pursuing a career in it. So I think, um, yeah, it's really the power of sport and the power of women's sport that can't be underestimated. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, still has a long way to go, women's cricket and women's associate cricket as well there's a lot of challenges and barriers as we've discussed before but um you know it has a bright future there's a there's light at the end of the tunnel as they say and um you put the time and money and investment in you're going to get great results and we've certainly seen that and um look at australia for example you know cricket australia invested lots in the women's program in australia and look where they are they've won world cups and they've dominated for years and other countries are trying to catch up, which they're starting to, which is good to see. So the women's game is growing and developing every year. And when you hear female cricketers like yourself and other cricketers, they say the same thing. We want the game to get better and improve our skills and, and keep learning. So we're seeing that. So women's cricket definitely has a bright future ahead. And uh, I think everyone just wants it to succeed and do well because there's a lot of potential there. And there's a lot of talented players who are really good and they know what they're doing. So it's fantastic to see the game uh, improving and growing in the women's game and um, us being more inclusive 
and um as as you mentioned there you know role models and um including your kids you know if you have kids um and they see you know a female playing a game of cricket or a male they aspire to play cricket because they see them doing it and it makes them feel empowered and want to uh you know start this cricketing journey so it's it's fantastic but um you know, we, we, we need uh, many parties and stakeholders and the ICC to do better and cricket boards around the world, but we're starting to see that. It's good progress, but we can do more. So it was good to hear your thoughts on on that, Tina, about how the game is going more broadly, women's cricket and from an associate point of view. So it was fantastic to hear that. Well, Tina, we, we finally reached the last topic <laughs> of our long discussion. Um you know, I've been doing this podcast for like three years and we always say we're going to do an hour and then we do two and two and a half hours and it just blows out. But when you're talking about cricket, you just keep going and you can't stop. So it, it feels like we've been batting for six hours in a test match and we finally come to the last session, last over of the day. Oh, so I think we've earned a well-earned drink after this, don't you think? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, put our feet up rest up for the next day. Uh, but Tina, I thought for our last topic of discussion, um, I thought we'd talk about what the future holds for women's cricket in Germany. And it's very hard to predict the future as we know. Uh, but looking into the crystal ball, Tina, how do you see women's cricket in Germany, women's associate cricket and women's cricket going into the future? So your prediction on that to, to end our discussion. So I think where we're at in Germany is quite a, a pivotal moment because we're at the kind of tipping point of whether we can bring this next generation on board because as a national team or as a cricket community, you can't always rely on nations that play cricket bringing you people. So, you know, whether it's me who's kind of got a really strong link to Germany and born in Germany but grown up in England or whether it's players who've learned in India or Australia who have come to, to Germany for for work or for family that's not what you can rely on to make it sustainable in Germany and I think we're getting to the point now where we are bringing up that next generation so as I previously mentioned the under 15 girls uh, national team that is like a clear sign that there is a future for the game because you're having people coming up who aren't just adults moving to the country at the age of 20 or 25, but kids who are growing up with the game. Um, so it's maybe it's, a, it's both a hope and a prediction for the future that that will continue to, to go in that direction. And you have kids playing the game who then grow up, continue to play the game in Germany, and then they might have kids. And that's how it kind of becomes a, a sport that goes through the generations and you you know you start playing because your parents start playing because uh, because you, your parents played and that's often the case I think in England and Australia and India and you want to get to the point where that is also the case in Germany because then that's when it becomes sustainable it becomes a legacy rather than just playing it because you happen to stumble across it in a different country and I think that's that's also the case more widely for associate cricket there's definitely a positive trend so even just on the the international level for the first time last year we had both a division one and a division two qualifier for the world cup so we had rather than three or four teams involved in the qualifier we had eight nine ten um so even that is a really positive step because it means that cricket is growing in europe as a continent and within the individual countries and 
if we can keep going on that trend, then hopefully, you know, like the men's do, we can have divisions one, two, three, four, five, however many we need. Uh, the more the merrier to kind of grow cricket within within Europe and then within those respective countries, the more people see these national teams playing and see these inspirational women or men, um, the more it can kind of develop within those countries. And then yeah. I think on on a national or international level, it's kind of what we've spoken about. There needs to be more um, awareness, more promotion of women's cricket because there'll be then fewer people surprised at the standard and about the ability of people and actually just uh, you get more fans. So rather than people stumbling upon women's cricket, they actually consciously go, okay, let's go to the women's cricket match. And they bring their friends, they bring their family, they bring their kids. And um, it's only through that kind of awareness that these things will will multiply. And that again goes back to providing the facilities, the the structure, the funding for the the top players so that they can continue to be role models. And then that will drip down all the way through to, you know, 10 year old kids who just want to play uh, with their, you know, friends in the park or whatever it might be. We all, we've all got to start somewhere. And I think, yeah, it's a, it's a big push from the whole cricket community to, to build up that, that kind of environment for us to grow. Yeah. I, th I think that's a pretty good prediction, Tina. And uh, as I said, the future is very uncertain as we know, but uh, hopefully those pred uh, predictions come true and um, we see the women's game and women's associate cricket and associate cricket prosper in the years to come. And uh, I, I think uh, that's everyone's ambitions from across the cricketing world. So that's a wonderful prediction uh, that you've given us there, uh, looking into the crystal ball and, and hopefully many years to come will come true. Fingers mm. crossed it will. Um, Tina, thank you for joining me today for this Associate Cricket Series episode to discuss all things German women's cricket and your cricketing journey. I've, I've enjoyed it immensely, and I hope you have too, and I hope everyone listening has as well. Um, just feel very grateful to have this time to hear your story and journey, and um, I hope everyone has learned loads as well about your story in, in women's cricket, but also playing for Germany and the, the sport there and how cricket's growing and developing in Germany is fantastic. Uh, so, Tina, so, Tina, if people want to get in touch with you, either to ask questions about cricket in Germany or follow your story, follow your journey on social media, where, where can people do that? Yeah, on social media. So on Instagram, I'm TinaGoff18. Um, we also have uh, a German national team page, which is Golden Eagles, because we are called the Golden Eagles. So Golden Eagles DE. That's also quoted in my profile. So um, we'd love to have kind of anyone follow our journey. I think it's, as we've spoken about, it's quite a cool journey. There's amazing characters involved. And um, yeah, I think we we really are trying to fly the flag for, for women's cricket, but also for associate cricket. So uh, please join us on this journey where you're all more than welcome. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we will leave links to those in the description of this episode for people to check out Tina and her socials and the women's team in Germany and also the men's team as well because they're doing some good stuff as well. Let's not forget about them. Um, before we go, uh, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe and click the bell to make sure you get latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Most of the podcasts are available 
on Anchor, Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Once again, thank you, Tina, for joining me uh, today to discuss all things Germans, women's cricket and your cricketing journey. I hope all of you watching or listening to this Associate Cricket Series episode learned a lot about women's cricket in Germany from Tina and her cricketing journey. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.